We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which this podcast is recorded and produced, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, whose sovereignty was never ceded and this area's original name was Nam. We pay respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Damn! We're in a tight spot! Welcome to Music Town. May I service you? Great Scott! It'll never be enough! I only want to hear Yaya Ding Dong! Ah, as if! Dignity. Always dignity. You're listening to You Watched What? I'm Kate. And I'm Amy. And this week we're watching classic, well not classic, well... 2011 old enough to be classic. Well, it's 10 years. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's 10 years. Classic British sci-fi attack the block. How are you, Amy? I'm good. Thank you, Kate. I'm a little oh, bit good. headachey. I've had a, I've had a stress ideal. headache for, for days. I think I've done my neck. Oh, no. I know. There's always something with me. Something you will learn, yes. listeners, is that each week there is a new injury or ailment that's happened to me mm-hmm. <laughs> that mm-hmm. I'm dealing with this week. Very hard. It is my neck. Um, yeah, I'm okay. It's all right. I'll live. Cool. <laughs> yes, you will. That's a relief. What have you been watching this week, Kate? Well, the Olympics have just started. So this morning I was watching some archery because what, when else am I going to see archery? Mm. The answer is never. But I watched... A lovely Australian movie last weekend, uh, Top End Wedding. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. It's really nice. Uh, I didn't get to see it in the cinema when it came out. I just I just didn't get around to it. And it's on SBS On Demand. So I popped that on last Saturday after watching – last Sunday after watching this week's movie, Attack the Block. I just wanted something that would be a bit more light and fun and it was exactly that. It was, it's really sweet. It's, really, it's a really good Australian oh, movie. Oh, good. That's, yeah. That reminds me actually because I, I was struggling just before thinking about what I've actually watched this week and when you said SBS On Demand, it's just come to me that what I've watched this week is on SBS as well and it's called See What You Made Me Do. It's a Ooh. There's three episodes up and I'm not sure whether it's just a three-parter or if it's um, there's more episodes coming, I'm not sure, but it's about domestic violence in Australia and it's rec- it's recent stuff. So there, there's cases that are kind of in recent history. Um, yeah, a lot it goes into a lot of um, coercive control kind of domestic violence, oh. which is really interesting because that's kind of one that's really only becoming to the forefront now where it's, it's not just physical abuse and it's mm-hmm. highlighting – the red flags and the the little coercive stuff that happens early on that can then lead to violence and things. Yeah, so yep. it was really, really interesting. Um, but that's what – I've watched a couple episodes of that. Um, I've continued down the Sabrina path this week. Excellent. Um, I think I'm in the Series 3 now. It's Oh, you are – yeah, I was doing Rolling a couple couple it. episodes a night. Yeah, it, it's it's good. I've got to stop now. I've been what 
with my husband still working away in WA, what we've been doing is getting on like a FaceTime call <laughs> and having him kind of next to each other. And then we did the, I think we did, we've done it before, Kate, last yes. lockdown when we watched Hamilton together. But we kind of go yep. three, two, one, play. And we've been watching a couple of episodes of Sabrina together a night, uh, which is. That's a really good <laughs> idea in lockdown though. Yeah. When you can't be with someone. It's a great way to share watching a show. Yeah, it was. And it was quite nice to just sit there I, continuing. I'm crocheting a blanket currently. So I'd sit there crocheting and watching Sabrina and he just was there also watching Sabrina. And it was nice to be able to have, you know, the random comments of, oh, what are you doing? or And someone responding to you, which hasn't happened in about 11 weeks. So it was that was good. Yeah. And like you, Olympics. I cried three times in the opening ceremony. <laughs> okay, I'm such you... a sucker for the Olympics. I love it so much. No. I cried I'm torn because we're still in a pandemic. I There's know been a bunch of cases. I'm not really convinced it should be happening. No, I, I've got but my it's... personal views on that too. That I don't mm. know. I kind of feel that maybe we should have just given everyone said, "Hey, it's not happening. Everyone's got an extra four years to prepare." Kind of thing. Sorry, guys. Sorry, just but. Now it's on. But once it's on. Loving it. Did Was one of the parts that made you cry when they were explaining the wooden rings were all made from the wood of the trees that athletes brought and planted in the, the 60-something oh, Olympics? No, I cried right at the me. start. I cried right at the start when the countdown happened and the fireworks happened because I yeah. look when I go to concerts as soon as <laughs> as soon as who and even it's artists that I don't really give a shit about as soon as they come out on stage for some reason I get really emotional and tear up so the start of any kind I think it's the anticipation I start yeah I've always been a bit of a blubberer with with that so as soon as the fireworks started and I was hyping my girls up I let them stay up for at least the first hour of the opening ceremony because it went on till one o'clock but um, oh my goodness! I let them stay up, and because they were all a little bit like, "Oh, we don't care about the Olympics. The Olympics are stupid. I don't want to watch them." They were doing that for the week leading up, and I was just like, "That is unacceptable." I am your mother. <laughs> <laughs> I am obsessed with the Olympics when it is on. You will yeah. get into this. So I kind of was making them do the countdown, and they got all excited, and so that was good. The next part I cried in was when they were bringing in the Olympic flag and that was cool actually, and they yeah. used uh, like athletes who are at the Olympics now who are also essential workers and have worked um, in their countries yeah. as essential workers and there was the the woman from Australia whose name I, I, I don't know I'm, I'm sorry but she was training to be a um, neurologist, I think. Wow. And she, she stopped her training for that to train for the Olympics. I think she's a shooter, they said. But, and then she stopped her training for the Olympics when the pandemic hit and went back to working on wards through wow. the pandemic. And that kind of got me. And the third time I cried was when Naomi, when we saw Naomi Osaka. I was just like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> so that was very cool yeah that was, that was a lovely moment she yeah so awesome. I blubbered for a few minutes there while yeah. she did 
her walk up the stairs and stuff. But mm. yeah, I loved it. But today we just watched before we started recording. We've just watched the um, four by one hundred women's freestyle relay, and we awesome. won. We broke the world record. My oh, kids yeah. went nuts, and I have got them sucked into the Olympics. Like my youngest sat there and watched skateboarding with me this morning for two hours. So. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Yeah, look, I'm thrilled that skate. I haven't watched any yet, but I'm thrilled that skateboarding is in. Yeah. Um, I think, like, speed climbing wow, is Wow, that'll be cool. And I'm really – you should check out – There's I've watched some of it on YouTube in the past and it is surprisingly exciting to watch someone just scale a, yeah. a wall really, really fast. I really it's love the, the rapid, the white water rapid – stuff as well yeah. and I'm a sucker for weightlifting when that's on too. Oh, weightlifting I love weightlifting I haven't watched any yet I did watch a bunch of the men's gymnastics yeah that was on last was night yeah good. and a little bit of equestrian because because fancy horses yeah they were on last night too yeah it's been good it's and I know really cool. I know I'm just that's my next couple I, of weeks is just watching just, random sporting events I like seeing sports that I would ne- that are not on tv for the mm. rest of the time and so many of these sports you do remember and realize like they're not a professional these aren't professional sports people who are No, doing they're not AFL who are getting paid bucket loads yeah. of money and they're they're working normal jobs most likely. Yeah, they've got other jobs. They're putting a lot of effort and time into this and balancing their lives. Mm. It's very cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's what we've been doing and probably what we will be doing for the next couple of weeks. Most definitely. <laughs> Because if it's happening all over, then the police are going to be too busy tonight, you get me? National emergency, army on the streets, helicopters, all that 28 days later shit. We need to get off the streets, back in the block, like none of this ever happened. Yes, boss, back in the block. Man, how are we supposed to do that with all them things out there? That's suicide, man. Shall we talk about this week's movie? Yes, we shall. Attack the Block from 2011, written and directed by Joe Cornish. Joe Cornish has a, a background in writing a lot of comedy and doing a lot of radio and okay. podcasting. Okay. So he, this is one of his first, oh, should check actually. Attack the Block is Joe Cornish's first um, feature film. Mm-hmm. What has he, he done made, since? Uh, a film that I haven't seen called The Kid Who Would Be King, which is a take on the King Arthur myth. Okay. With a bunch of kids yep. finding the sword, sword yep. and taking on the powers of evil. Mm-hmm. So he so he likes younger, the younger generation kind of fighting the good yeah, fight. Yeah, he's got a, a bit of experience uh, working with younger actors, which yeah. is always interesting. So we get a cold open at the start of the movie and I was able to sort of work out through watching it. It's bonfire night. The 5th of November in the UK. Oh, okay. I wondered and what was going on because there was a lot of fireworks. A lot of fireworks, yeah. which as Australians is quite weird to watch because they're fully illegal here. Mm. There's a short time of year that you can get them in one place in Australia mm. and and that's it. You can't w- – fireworks have been illegal our whole lives in our home state. So seeing people running around with fireworks is quite odd. But yes, it was, and they mentioned a little bit later into that early part of the film, Halloween's just happened. So it's Bonfire Night, which is... What's Bonfire Night? Cele- it's a weird celebration of the time that some people tried to blow up Parliament. Oh, okay. Well, so I could is, get behind that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is 
It's going back to when there'd been the split between the Protestants and the Catholics. Oh, and of course it. Of course it is. <laughs> the root of um, all the problems in the UK. <laughs> I mean, isn't it though? Mm. Yeah. So I, and it's got that little rhyme. Remember, remember the fifth of November. Gunpowder, treason, and plot. I can see of no reason the fifth of November should the something something. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, that rings a bell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's bonfire night. So traditionally people celebrate the fact that um, some traders tried to blow up the Houses of Parliament by burning them in effigy and doing fireworks. Cool, cool, cool. Like why the hell not? Yeah. We actually see – so our main group of kids, our little gang, we see their tags on a wall that Jodie Whittaker walks past before we actually meet them, mm-hmm. which I didn't pick up the first time I watch it. And we're introduced to Jodie Whittaker's character, who's a nurse. Her name's Sam, and she's walking home from work. It's she mentions on the phone to her mum. It's been a bit late. It's been a really busy night mm-hmm. because uh, I think bonfire night. Yeah, people and people are having all sorts of burns injuries. Probably. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure are... our sister, our elder sister, when she lived in Japan, <laughs> got like a firecracker in her shoe at some point. <gasps> Yeah, I, I remember I'm her gonna, posting some okay. home to us. You check, oh, you yeah, check we, that with her. Yes, we, we've had we've had some good fireworks. It wasn't that it wasn't that hard to get fireworks into the country. She sent a parcel and it literally said fireworks on it because she thought she was doing the right thing, declaring, not realizing it was illegal. It. And they just arrived at our house. No worries. Do you want to be very clear? This was before nine. Oh, this was in the mid nineties, guys. Yeah, maybe even early nineties. Yeah, there's a reason that fireworks have been illegal in Australia for so long and it's because they're quite dangerous. I'm pretty sure I've got a memory of a story about her um, having a firework land in her shoe. Maybe it was even in the Philippines. She's had a colourful life, our older sister. Um, This is why I think she should write her memoir. She really should. She should. We're actually planning when she lives in WA as well, everyone. And we're, we're planning of having her on when we can finally get together. And if we can get her back to Victoria. Yeah, definitely. We've picked the movie. Yep. It's locked in. We just need to be able to be all together in the same room. Yeah, one day. One day. Fireworks, though. In Japan, taking I, I had huge firework nights when we were staying in Japan, as you can imagine. Mm. It was a big thing. They dressed me up in a kimono and <gasps> let fireworks off. A kimono awesome. I still own because they made Aww. she made the mum made it to to measure to my measurements and I, luckily for me I haven't really changed much since high school. <laughs> but, um yeah, I, it's wow. yeah, it's beautiful too. It's a beautiful kimono. Okay, so Stacey's messaged me back. Yeah, she was in the Philippines on New Year's Eve. I'm not quite sure what happened, but that memory is true. She got a firework in her shoe. In her shoe. In her shoe. Oh, she's in her shoe. She's riding more back. She still has a scar on her foot. <gasps> oh my goodness! I know. She goes, why? I go, because we're telling the story on the podcast. She just writes back, lol. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, that shit hurt, obviously, and scarred her a million years later. (laughs) Oof. 
There you go, people. Fireworks. Yeah, well, yeah, over 20 years. I think she was living in the Philippines in 98, 99. Sounds about right. Yeah. Hmm. So Sam's walking home and she gets mugged. Mm. She gets mugged by these. By a gang. You can see that they're, they're a gang. They're a gang. They're and they're being, they're being very COVID safe 10 years ago. They are. <laughs> they're being very, they do very have COVID their masks safe. up. Yes, they're masks if you're trying, up. If you're protecting your identity mm-hmm. when you're doing a mugging, then yeah, actually that is surprisingly COVID safe. Yeah. So good on the boys. <laughs> so it's quite a tense moment. There's a flick knife. It is quite intimidating. And then everything goes science fiction as something flies out of the sky and just destroys a car. Mm. Like you think it's going to be an asteroid or something, I guess. Mm. Definitely looks like that. Can we just go back a little bit to Jodie, Sam? Yeah, Yeah. Sam walking on the street by herself. As a woman, you you know what she's doing. Like I I actually kind of thought, why has she hung the phone up was my first instinct because she was on the phone to her mum and then she sees that these gangs coming up towards her and she hangs up and as any woman knows that, that's not what you do. You stay on the phone, which is awful that that's where we're at. But that was, yeah, was something that crossed. Blame that character. No, but it was something that crossed my mind as to be like, oh, why have you hung the phone up? Mm. Stay on the phone. Or, stay on the line. Yeah, which is sad. It's sad that I had that thought. Yeah. She's, it's very easy to sympathise with her fear in this movie. Yeah, she's walking home. It's dark. I'm guessing it's probably around 10, 11 at night at this stage. Do we know a time? No, but November is like late autumn in yeah, the UK. Yeah, it's getting cold. So it's getting cold. So they like sunset in winter is even earlier in the UK than it is here. Yeah. So this might only be like 6 or 7 p.m. Oh, Okay. Yeah, right. like, I, I would be guessing that this is still fairly early in the evening. Okay. That makes sense, so, especially if she's done a day shift at work. Exactly. She's not coming home in the middle of the night. She's walking home after work at a pretty normal amount, at a pretty normal time of day for a whole lot of kids to still be running around in the streets. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, the gang managed to be intimidating while also when you get a close-up of John Boyega, he looks barely old enough to grow facial hair. Yeah, he's a baby. How old was he mm. when he did this? How old is he now? I think he would have been about 18. Okay. 17 or 18 when they filmed it. So, you know, still pretty young. And we find out later in the film how young his character is and he's able to carry off both sides that he can present as kind of intimidating and tough while also – Occasionally just reminding you that he's a child. Mm, yeah. And that's that's one of the things that really worked for me in his performance. Mm. The, the main thing I loved about this film was just how much charisma he has. Yeah, but all the boys did too. You kind of, as yeah. you got to meet the gang, you kind of really warmed to... to you really Yeah, you do. warmed to them. They're little boys. They're, they live in a commission housing block kind of thing. I'm... I'm guessing because yeah. you, you realise 
after a little bit that the block attack the block the block is their their block of apartments that they all yeah. live in and Sam also lives in the same block of apartments coincidentally mm. um now what i know of the british housing commissions i basically got from the bill yes. which just reminded <laughs> me that um pc garfield from the bill is the dad in top end wedding but yeah it's about protecting their block it's about the block as important and it's jumping ahead a bit but later um John Boyega's character Moses apologizes to Jodie Whittaker specifically saying they wouldn't have mugged her if they knew she was from the block yeah because it's that whole kind of that's our own and we protect our own we look after our own yeah she's because no one else is going to yeah I think it's a different kind of level too because she's a white woman and they would look at her as as different um yeah and then to then find out that she lives with them, that kind of changed things a lot for them, I think. Yeah. It's a level of, like, there's there are other white characters, but there's a lot of characters who would be Afro-Caribbean, English, mm. and mixed race. It's It looks like how things actually do look in London, to be honest. Yeah, it'd be like yeah. walking down the street kind of thing of what it, it actually, is. an actual representation of what it's like to live in in London and and yeah. I think a lot of movies need and this was 10 years ago and it still hasn't really happened in a lot of movies to make it look like what it actually looks like to live in an area where there's people of all sorts of colors and races walking around yeah this is it's a flaw in a lot of casting particularly with background actors is it's really easy to just populate your world with white people and Mm -hmm. particularly with white men or women of a particular age and then suddenly that's what the world looks like and it's It's not not what it looks like yeah ages ago but I remember the movie Amelie was criticized a bit for making a and it's meant to be a very rosy picture of Paris but specifically like well in this rosy picture of Paris there are no black people and Mm. when I went to Paris about maybe 10 years after that movie came out it's like oh yeah no this is that's not what Paris looks like at all. Yeah, interesting. This isn't this isn't what it's like. So yeah, it's interesting to get to compare a real world version of a city to a film version. Mm. So the kids, John Boyega playing Moses. There's also Pest, Jerome, Dennis, and Biggs. I love the mix of handles and actual names. Yes, Dennis. They're really. Yeah, they're really quite endearing. Like I know we start the movie with them being yeah tough boys, the bad guys, the tough boys. Well, I don't think they're bad they, because uh, here's the thing: they're they're mm. they're teenagers, so yeah. yeah, I think they're just boys trying to be tough. Yes, which happens in most towns around the place, doesn't it? True. And then as we learn more about Moses, we sort of learn he's really he's young and he's been kind of left on his own. Mm. He's He's feeling that he needs to be tough and and learn these skills of, you know, grime, learn how to be a tough boy because he's starting to feel like, well, what other options does he have? Mm. So the boys let Sam run off and then they check out what's in the car. It gives um, Moses a bit of a swipe in the face and cuts him. And so they chase it and then they kill it and take it to back to the block to try and find out what it is. Nobody messes with the block. 
don't know why I put an American accent on then. I can't do a yeah, British accent. Yeah, not American. <laughs> no, neither can I. <laughs> Mine would be like, nobody messes with the block, governor. That was really bad. <laughs> Hey, God. That was pretty bad. I'm not going to, I'm not ever going to try because it wouldn't be, it would be a little bit pip pip cheerio. Yeah. That's what, well, we grew up on yeah. Mary Poppins. That's, that's how we, we know how to do bad Cockney accents thanks to Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. We, we learn from the best at doing a terrible British accent. Yeah. <laughs> so we get introduced to another couple characters at about this point. So Luke Treadway. He's playing Brewis. He's a posh kid who's come to the block to buy weed. And Ron, Nick Frost, who I love. Nick mm-hmm. Frost is great. He's mm-hmm. always good. And he runs Ron's weed room, the yes, weed room yep. at the top of the block. Floor and that's where 11, the boys are floor taking. Floor 12, I think it was. Floor yeah. up the top, the penthouse. The penthouse. <laughs> and that's where the boys want to go. Because they want to store and work out what they can do with this alien creature. Is there a way to make money out of it? And the safest place in the block is Ron's weed room. Yes, because it's all closed in. So we get to Ron's weed room. Here is my segment, which character would you cosplay as? Let's be honest, I would probably cosplay as Ron. Yeah. It's hard for this movie, isn't it? Mm, it's really Everyone's hard. dressed like normal people. Yeah. I I, I would probably be the old lady at the start that said, those boys are fucking monsters. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I did note at one point Jodie Whittaker looks lovely in her green coat. It's a really good colour for her. Yeah. I don't know if I could. I'd probably maybe as the – look, the alien, I've got, I've got issues with – the aliens, which we'll go into later when we when they when we get to fully see them. Okay, cool. But yeah, I don't know who I would cosplay as. It's not. It's not. Uh, yeah, it's not that kind of movie, is it? Where it's not that kind of movie. We've been doing a lot of movies that have big characters, like big emphasis, mm, stylized costumes. So we meet another key character in the movie: the drug dealer Hi Hats. I watched this in bed on a Sunday morning and it was surprising. I, I didn't know how it was going to go, but it was surprisingly quite nice light viewing. It doesn't sound very light yet, but it was quite light viewing for a Sunday yeah. morning. I'm getting the vibe that unlike Pacific Room, you enjoyed this. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, good. And, okay, and, good. and I'll go into it. more while, why I liked it in a little bit. Get- in a little bit when I can but, draw c- really good, strong comparisons to a movie that I love. Ooh. So Moses is getting sucked into dealing like proper drugs, like powder formed drugs by hi-hats. And it's, it's. Yeah. He's kind of taken into tense. a back room, isn't he? And kind of yeah. told, yeah, you've got to. You're old yeah. enough. You have to. I don't think the that's, phrase man up is used. That's where but it's basically. a slippery, slippery slope, isn't it? Mm. Mm-hmm. From hanging out in a, a weed room to now you're going to be selling. Yeah. So, yeah, I really feel for Moses in this moment. You get to see he's a, he's a child. He's not really getting a choice. Mm. He's not he's, – he's, there's only one correct answer when the guy who runs your – housing estate tells you, hi, you will be selling drugs for me now. 
and you get a sense at this point, Moses doesn't have any adults that he could go to to look after him or protect him from this. Mm. And that's confirmed later in the movie that he's basically... Yeah, he's on his own, basically. Yeah, he lives with his uncle, but he is on his own. Yeah. It's really rough. So I think this is the part where he comes out and then it it looks like it's like raining asteroids, mm-hmm. basically. So it's yep, like you get- raining down aliens. It's raining aliens. Hallelujah. There you go. <laughs> it's our answer to last week of could we do our own musical? Oh. I can turn anything into a musical. I can change Good. the words to pretty much any song going around that's playing at that time to match the scenario happening in my life. <laughs> it's like a gift. Can I, can I ask you for examples for that, of that later? Um, I won't be able to pull them out now. It just has to come to me. It just has to happen. Okay. Like my daughter's okay, psychic fair. abilities that just come to her. She's got no control. It's the gift. It just happens. It just happens just happens i liked that we also get a sense of the hierarchy here that the boys aren't taken seriously by any of the actual adults they respect but the white middle class boy who's there to buy weed is terrified of them Mm. Mm. so yeah the aliens are raining down from the sky the boys all go home to get their improvised weapons someone gets a samurai sword and it is the best it's so I did spend a lot of the movie just like, why did he have a samurai sword? But, I mean, they are a thing that you can get. So yeah, you can buy them off the internet. Lots of people have them in, in their homes. <laughs> I don't know it's if true. that's true. But <laughs> I feel like yeah, it's a sure. thing. No, I feel like it's a thing. There was a murder case not long ago. They were just convicted like in the last couple months. Maybe in Sydney. I can't really remember. I don't know too many details. But it was a home invasion kind of thing. Some guy broke into their house thinking that they were selling drugs or something. He was kind of, I think, intoxicated with something, under the influence with something at the time. And he broke in and this man who I think is some kind of actor, he (sighs) grabbed his samurai sword Now this is the part that wasn't great. He chased him out, but then he chased him down and like he like, cut a bit of his head off and he died and he's been oh. sentenced to jail now because it was excessive yeah there's defending your property yeah i think if he just got around. the samurai sword down and kind of chased him off in the street that's fine, fine. i'm cool with that don't yeah. then chase him down and start no. slicing and dicing no you're in no danger at that point no. you don't just get to like sword fight someone no but that's where that's where my impression comes that it was quite normal for people to have Mm. samurai swords in their house i I wonder if stacy's had a samurai sword back to should (laughs) she message her and ask her do you own a samurai sword who knows i mean who knows i know that in victoria you have to get a license to own a sword Uh but it is extremely easy it's just a police check to check that you aren't the guy who sword murdered that <laughs> other guy pretty much it's very easy to get a, a sword license in victoria oh, anyway okay interesting so that's good to know look the samurai sword is important for the plot later okay guys so we we the boys get outside with their improvised weapons and make some like dodgy excuses to their nans and mums where they've got nans and mums i know and sisters about when and they'll be back yeah 
Because there's a group of girls. Have we met the group of girls yet at this point? We have. Right at the start when the boys are coming, they're either on the way to the mugging or on the way from the mugging. Okay. We see the girls. Yeah. They're kind of like having a sleepover thing situation. Oh, uh, this is a this is the point in the movie where I actually went to the website uh, doesthedogdie.com because Pogo the dog. Do you not remember the dog? No. You wiped out the part where the – so they they go to find the, aliens, the monsters that are coming in. Which the they aliens, think are dogs at some – Which they think might be dogs. Yeah. And they're with that one of them has a dog called Pogo. Oh, I must. Pogo have goes to fight it. Oh, yes, it. I remember. Yeah, I but think Pogo I blocked it. I think I blocked that out. Yeah, it's really sad. So they they're they're on their bikes and they find more aliens and they look bigger mm. and different. So they're not the same kind of because I think the first alien kind of looked like a skinned dog kind of yeah situation. These. It's the kind of thing that pops up and people say, it's an alien. And you're like, no, that's a bear with mange yeah. or a dog with mange or it's some creature that usually has hair and now it has mange. Yeah. it's That's what it looks like. And so that's what they think it is. But these are aliens. Yeah, they, they're I love, bigger. I love the design. I love I the I love the design. design too. But my problem is that the fur, the quality of fur they used for the aliens could have been better. <laughs> Gonna drag the costume department, but I didn't know. Well, some of it's costuming and some of it's CG too. Okay, but then I, I was, then you know, when I was watching, I was like, maybe this is a conscious choice that because it, it is a bit of a light movie. There's a lot of kind of comedy or dark comedy kind of laced through it. That maybe this was a design feature to make them not look so realistic. Yeah. And I wonder if some of this is also about cost that yeah, when they're moving around, when they're CG, they almost look like negative space. Like they're yeah. so dark and it's commented on by the boys, like they're so dark that you can't make out the features, which looks cool. But for CG movement of, of beasts, much, much cheaper to do. Mm. So I do wonder if that's got something to do with it. But they've got these glowing mouths. Like yeah, the, so they don't saliva, have but they don't have eyes and they look but when no. their mouths are closed it looks like beady eyes and then it they does. open up and it's like this neon green glowing um kind of like what you would expect the nuclear waste at in the Simpsons to look like. You know yes. how that that yeah, glowing well- um, green from the Simpsons. Yes. Yeah, it's totally. like that really, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Like glow sticks and yeah. nuclear waste and it looks cool. Like I, lo- I love the monster design in this movie. I think it's effective. I just wish they, they didn't affordable. use the cheap fur. And I know about cheap yeah, fur being doing costumes because I was like well that's the fur that my dance school would use come on you're a movie use better fur that was my that's where my head went like I get the sense from a lot of things that this movie was quite low budget and that's one of the only ways where I feel like on camera you see that it's low budget oh there's some really clever use of the camera and it doesn't. It doesn't feel like a cheap movie. It no, feels... not at all. That's maybe that's why I was surprised by what the aliens looked like. Yeah, because 
it didn't feel low budget mm. at all. It really doesn't. No. So, yeah, love the monster design. So we get a great sequence of them getting away from this monster. And meanwhile, Sam has been interviewed by the cops and they're doing a bit of a drive around the neighbourhood to see if they can find the the people who mugged her. And Moses gets picked up with the drug wraps that Hi-Hats gave him in his sock. Mm-hmm. And it's bad. It's all looking quite bad for Moses. Until then, in the van, Sam can see the dog-like creature that they're trying to get away from and it takes out both cops mm. and lands on the roof of the van. And it's quite it's quite a tense little action set piece. Yeah. We don't see, like, w- once again, I think it's very clever. It's cleverly edited in that we don't see the violence. Like, we don't see what happens to Pogo the dog. We don't fully see what happens to the cops. Mm. You just it's done in a really clever way. It's, it's yeah. happening, yeah. Yeah, so that you can keep the rating down and it's not too bad. So the boys who aren't in the police van use their fireworks to scare the alien away and end up stealing the police van, mm-hmm. which is kind of great. And they take it straight back to the block. They take it straight back to the block. So Brewis, our white boy, discovers that his dad's Volvo has been crushed. Mm. I think, I'm not 100% sure, I think that was the first car that the first alien landed on. Oh, okay. Possibly. But an, an alien has crashed his, um, he's crushed his, his dad's Volvo. And so he calls Ron back in the weed room to work out what's going on. And he uses the phrase, the popo, which is <laughs> hilarious to me. <laughs> He's so incapable of dealing with this situation. <laughs> um, spoiler, I'm shocked that this character makes it to the end of the movie alive. Shocked. Because he does not feel like he's going no, to at he any point. He seems like someone that's yeah easy to write oh. off, doesn't he? Yeah. So when they drive back to the block, they, they kind of bump into the head drug dealer and he's got a gun yeah. at this point. And that's... Yep. Yeah, it gets a little bit tense and full on there. Yeah, because they freak out. He and his minions freak out because they think the cops have arise, arrived at the mm. block and they haven't. And then they think the boys are in cahoots with the cops. And the boys make the excellent point of uh, when they tell the story about the aliens is it, they would make up. If they had a better lie, they would they would not lie about aliens chasing them. Mm. This is a terrible lie, which yes. is an excellent point. And it's one of those moments that I'm not really getting across, but... All of the young um, actors in the gang, they're very sharp. They're very funny. They have good yeah. dialogue and they deliver so it really well. So this is well. my favourite line when they get back to the block after they've they've had their confrontation with the drug dealer, they've gotten out of the police car and they, they need to get back to the block. And I wish I could do an accent, but I can't. He says, I'm shitting myself in it. At the same time, this is sick. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> yes. So then, yeah, we have a bit of a chase um, and – Hi-hats, the drug dealer's minions, cop it mm-hmm. from the monster. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, yeah, this is the point where then, yeah, the boys are getting back into the yeah. into the block to get saved. But one of the boys Jody Whittaker, gets bitten at that yes. point too. Oh, is that on his leg. Yeah, he gets bitten. Yeah, and Biggs is still out there. He's hiding in a bin oh. and he has very minimal phone credit. Oh, yes. They don't know he's safe, but he's trapped in a bin 
like he's he's cornered. And that kind of shows you how young they are too. Like he's only got I think yes. one text message left or something. He says something like that. Like yeah, it's, and and the. The point in life when you've got, yeah, minimal money for that and you know, like, you would be counting how many text messages uh-huh. you have on, on your plan. Yeah. This whole section, though, where they're getting back into the, the block is really – it's edited really well, too. It kind of makes this sort of maze-like yeah, it's a situation. Re- it's a really quick-moving film as well and they're my favourite. Mm. I love – that's I think was my problem with Pacific Rim. It was so drawn out because they were trying to do too many storylines. Yeah, this is this is one storyline. Yeah, but it didn't even feel like an hour and a half. It went really fast. Yeah, it's really tight. It's very very tight. I'm really yeah one hour twenty eight minutes. I'm really just really impressed with what they were able to mm. do in this movie. Yeah, this is the point where Jodie Whittaker, in my notes, looks lovely in green. So the four boys who are back in the block have um, – they force their way into Sam's flat yeah. and she arms herself with an acoustic guitar, which is not helpful. <laughs> the boys remember from the wallet they stole from her that she's a nurse yeah. and they're trying to get help yeah. for, they're like, fix for their friend him. who's been bitten on the leg. Yeah. And then start telling her off because she's swearing too much. Mm. <laughs> um. It's real, like it's it's it it's a tense, scary situation. She's really validly mad at them, but it's really funny. It's it's a a good scene to show people just that distills the whole vibe of this movie. Yeah, yeah. So they sort of form a a tentative alliance where she agrees that she's going to help um help their friend, help them, you know, with their injuries. We cut back to so Bruce has made it back into Ron's weed room. The monster gets in to Sam's flat through a window, mm. I think, and Moses takes it out with yes. the samurai sword. And th- I think this is the point where you kind of realise that the alien's tracking them. Mm. Like It keeps coming for them. Yeah. It's it's following them. It's finding them. Yeah, it's really tense. So Sam is going to break for it and then decides, no, she's going to stay with the boys. Mm-hmm. Hi-hats, our drug dealer, is very angry and wants to – track Moses down and get revenge for I don't even know what he's seeking revenge for. He's just a dickhead. Moses bringing the the <laughs> monsters to the block. Well, the yeah. whole poli- I think his pride's probably a bit bruised. He thought the police yeah. were after him. Moses probably doesn't have the drugs on him anymore, so he's lost oh, drugs. True. Um yeah. But Moses yeah. in the part the part where um the aliens tracked them and gotten into the house. Moses kills the alien with the samurai sword. Mm. It's awesome. <laughs> it's gross, but it's impressive. Now, at this point in my notes, I'm still writing like lady and stuff because I don't think we really knew her name. Or did I miss it right at the start? I felt like it was quite into the movie before names were really mentioned. Yeah, I think it actually might be this scene where the boys get into the flat and then okay. they actually do introduce. Because I guess when you're doing a monkeying, you don't introduce yourself. No, you, you don't, don't say, hi, my name's name. Moses, what's yours? Yeah. No, you definitely don't. So, yeah, so it's it's Sam, but I don't think they've really talked about it. Oh, uh, yeah, I've point. written, I've literally written down here. Now we find out their names as they introduce themselves yeah. to each other. And she's going to go with them. Yep, and so they fight their 
way up to Tia's flat. So this mm-hmm. is the group of girls. Tia is the girl that the boys have been teasing Moses that she has a crush on him, apparently. Mm-hmm. And the girls, there's a really good conversation here where the girls make it very clear to Sam, who doesn't seem to get that her white lady word to the cops is not going to just make this okay for the boys. The boys will get arrested and blamed for this no matter what she tells the cops. Mm. And it's one of those moments, they move because the film is moving so fast. But they do keep throwing in these little moments of social commentary Mm. in there. We're not pretending that this is a wealthy area. We're not pretending that these boys have like a huge amount of, of support. There's a reason that they want to protect their own from the block is because not everyone else out there is going to have them, their back or believe them. Yeah, exactly. Moses, at while they're all sitting around, I think they're smoking weed again, um, feels the government probably bred those creatures to kill black boys and that's one of the points oh. where the social commentary really kind of hits hard. That's heartbreaking, hard. They, isn't it? It is, but I mean... Why wouldn't he think that? Mm. This had no reason not to think that the government would. You look at the UK government right now. <laughs> I'm really interested in what they do with the sequel to this movie because things are much worse. They're going to be a sequel. Yeah, we'll talk about that at the oh, end. Well, you've, you've just dropped a little spoiler in there. So they're in the girls' flat. Aliens are floating and trying to break into the the windows. And Sam, yeah, you get this great yeah. shot Ugh. of them all just climbing up that tower. Yeah, Sam kills one by stabbing it through the mouth. Ugh. And I think at this point, this is where I kind of they they kind of get back out into the hallways, and they've decided they're gonna they've got to get to the weed room. And this yes. is where I was like, oh, Shaun of the Dead. Ah, yeah, it is a little bit. This is where I was oh. like, this is feeling like we're in a group, we're sticking together, we're just going to have to kill these aliens and Shaun of the Dead slash zombies as we bump into them to get to where we need to be for safety. Yes, yes. There are also helps that Nick Frost is in the movie. <laughs> Nick Frost is in it. Like, there's a lot of cross-pollination with um, Joe Cornish and... and uh, Edgar Wright, they move in the same circles. It's the same producers yep. of this film as of um, Edgar Wright's first films. Uh, there you yeah. go. Yeah. No, it, that totally, that connection totally makes sense. Yeah. The girls do two great kills that I just want to call out because they're amazing. Where Tia breaks the um, light bulb in a lamp and makes basically a cattle prod mm. um, and electrocutes one of them. And some of the other girls use ice skates, use yes. the blades from ice skates. Like Ooh. these girls, these girls are resourceful and terrifying. Who has ice skates on them? But that's amazing. I don't know who has ice skates, but this is what teenage girls are like. They are violent and frightening. Mm-hmm. And I love these girls. They're so good. Yeah, the girls, they get out into the hallway and start to head for the weed room, partly because the girls blame Moses. that He's got this reputation, bad things happen around Moses. Mm. And we get this beautiful hero shot where he turns and he's just got like a tear running down his face because he's scared and sad. And, and I think this is the part, this is about the point in watching it the first time where I'm like, this boy is going to be a star. He 
He's got it. He's very good. He's got it. And then they're trying to get to the weed room and Hi-Hats and his new minions show up with more guns and there's this great little scene where basically the the minions and Hi-Hats end up in the elevator with the alien that the boys are getting away from. <laughs> oh, dear. Mm. Is it a tragedy, though? Mm. No. It's not really. So when we they get back to the weed room, we find out that Sam's boyfriend is working in Ghana for the Red Cross and they're all quite keeping up that wholesome reputation that she's got mm. and and everything. But I can't remember his name. Who's the the wheat, the rich white guy? I'm I'm so bad. Brewis. Brewis. So oh, I, look, I had to write that name down so many times because yeah, I couldn't. Must be keep his last name. Um, mm. Brewis kind of discovers that the the blood glows under lights. Oh yeah, because they've got uh, black, black lights, lights in, in the, the weed room. Yeah. Um, and they kind of discover that it glows under lights. I don't know if he discovers it, but he's there. And from him sitting and watching TV while he's high, he watched a documentary on moths, I think it was. Yes. And yeah. so he works out that he comes up with this theory that there's the female male and male hormones um, and they're on Moses's jacket. And that is why the aliens are following mm. him because it's, so it's the pheromones, it's the hormones, it's their, yeah. their smell because they, they don't have eyes that we can see anyway. So yeah. they're, they're like tracking Moses because he got blood from his first killing that first alien. He's gotten the mm. blood and that's why they've come down to attack. Once again, I get to bring up the theory about wasps that if you kill a wasp, the wasps swarm and come for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty you sure we've... find out if that was true. We it have talked true. about this. I'm telling okay. you it's true. I okay, know. So I believe it's true. I've never so looked don't kill wasps. Up. Yeah, don't, but don't... Well, it was something that our mum always told me and maybe I've just believed it. But it's like, yeah, why you don't poke a wasp nest or something. They can they I mean, swarm. Yeah. Don't kill an alien. They'll swarm. (laughs) True. Apparently, according to this movie. Also, we have another one of those moments where the character with glasses loses their glasses. Yeah. It's such a good trope. It's quite horrible, isn't it? It's quite, yeah. It's like, it's a classic for a reason. And it's quite, we get quite the jump scare and ROP poor Jerome. (sighs) Hi Hats is still alive at this point, too. He, he manages to make it out alive of the elevator, but yeah, then immediately how? gets his face eaten off. Don't know, but he gets his face eaten off. I had forgotten that happened. It was so gross. Ugh. That was the part where I was like, oh, this this movie actually kind of goes there. Yeah, It was pretty disgusting. And Moses starts to talk about the things he regrets and he apologises to Sam. And, and this is where he says that he wouldn't have mugged her. If if he knew she lived in the block, mm. this is as they're having his he's having his sort of regrets and last words before they do the plan. Basically, yeah. the plan that's going to hopefully save the block and lure away all mm. of the aliens. So they check Sam out with a black light, and she hasn't got any um, blood on blood her. or. So she's got to. I think she's got to go down into Moses's apartment, doesn't she? 
Yes. And get supplies. So she's going to set up his apartment as like a bomb. Okay. So they're going to go. She's going to turn all of the gas on and set it up so that it will blow. Then, yeah, it'll blow. So she goes down and she's going to be able to get past them if the pheromone theory is right. Mm -hmm. And then Moses, who we know is covered in the stuff, is going to lure them down and then set a fire and blow them up in there. And so it's a it's a pretty terrifying theory mm. because what if he doesn't get out? Yeah. Meanwhile, the two little there's these two little boys who the other boys have been telling off who for, for not being old enough to fight. These boys call themselves Mayhem and Probs. Oh yeah, the two little ones that follow him around. They they managed to set one of the aliens on fire. So at this point we're like in the audience know <gasps> There is a good chance that this plan is going to work. Mm. This might actually work. Yeah. So and when Moses gives Sam her ring back that they stole oh, off her too. That's right. And so this is when she finds out when she goes down. Yeah. You know, what this what is his heart, life's actually like. Because she sees a Spider Man costume, and so when she has got a Spider Man Duna. Yeah. Do, okay, Duna. And then she's like, oh. Who do you live with? And she said, "He's like my. I live with my uncle. And um, do, do you, you live? With, do you brother? have a little brother?" And he says, "No." And then so she's like, well, "How old are you?" It's fifteen. Yeah, he's fifteen. And she goes, "Oh, you, you seem much older." And it's it's you know he's still a little boy, even though he's fifteen, and it's pro- he's probably a little bit old for his Spider Man Duna cover, but he's still he's really fi- young. He- yeah, we don't know what's happened to his parents. This is a kid who he he's clearly he's had to grow up really fast and he's missed out on a lot of childhood. And he hasn't got anyone for him to, you know, upgrade him to well, a fifteen year old Duna. That's right. That's what he's probably moved in with and that's what he's had. Yeah. That that point in your adolescence where you're you're still a kid and you're not really a kid. Mm. He's just he's getting the worst of both sides of it. Yeah. The slow motion chase shots here after Sam has gotten out and we see Moses luring all of the monsters. Like this is, they definitely sank a bunch of the budget into these shots and they're great. It's really good. Yeah, it is. It's effective, isn't it? Yeah. So And so we see the, the plan works that mm-hmm. Moses is able to lure them down to his flat, um, use some of his fireworks, the tense moment where the little, the... Cigarette lighter doesn't work. I think they've light. evacuated the block as well at this point yeah, too. Got people out. Yep. And Moses gets out over the balcony and we see he's still got the handcuffs on each wrist that they've broken apart, but that he's still wearing those cuffs as he's hanging on to a mm. union flag. Dangling. Dangling outside yeah. the window. Yep. Then And he and Ron and White Boy do all get arrested. Yeah, they all still get arrested. <laughs> they all still get arrested, which is exactly what Tia and her friends told us would happen. The cops ask Sam if these were the boys who mugged her and she says, no, these are my neighbours. They protected me. Mm-hmm. Which is probably not going to do them any good. But the crowd starts chanting Moses' name as he's back in the back of the paddy vet. Paddy wagon. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the movie. I know. It's a quick one. It's tight. Yeah. 
boom, boom, boom. That's what I love about these movies when they're done well. You don't need a lot of storyline. Like you don't need to have then had more background story. You can tell that this story happens in the space of a couple of hours mm. or so. It's almost, re- it's almost real time. Yeah, like it just happens quick. We don't need to go off and see other bits and pieces going on or follow what's no. also happening to hi-hat that night. It's just, yeah, it's tight. It's good. It's yeah. done. It's entertaining. And it's economical in its storytelling. We have a lot of social commentary. We learn quite a bit about Moses. And just from those few little shots of the boys running around, you, you do get to learn a, a bit about them too. We know Sam's a nurse. We know about her boyfriend. We see inside her flat and can make a lot of assumptions about, about her life. Mm-hmm. We learn a lot about the characters in a really short amount of time. None of the screen time is wasted. None of the dialogue is wasted. Yeah. But it doesn't dwell on those things or try to hammer them home really hard. It lets them happen and flows on. Yeah. Like when Sam's telling the story of where's her boyfriend and explaining that he's working for the Red Cross in Ghana and one of the boys makes the comment of, oh, saving like white boys in England isn't – like saving little boys in England isn't good enough. You don't get a tan. Yeah. And then moves on. Yeah. Packs a punch and then, yeah. But that, that's good storytelling. That's it is. It is. That's you know, and I think the English do it better than the Americans. I think maybe the tradition of having quite short seasons of TV helps too. Yeah, but in the UK, you don't get like a twenty-three episode season. You don't have to come up with stuff to fill that out. Mm. You get six episodes. Make them count. Yeah, three seasons. Maybe max. that's boom. But yeah, this is this this movie held up. I'm really glad. It was really enjoyable. Yeah, it was. I found it really enjoyable yeah. too. Well done. Yeah, attack the ball. <laughs> you know what? What? I'm shitting myself in it, but at the same time, what? This is sick. <laughs> One of the reasons I added it to my list and wanted to watch it with you is that attack the block two is in pre-production wow this was announced a little earlier this year john boyega when he got the star wars role mm-hmm. that was that has really made skyrocketed him, him yeah he talked to his u.s agent about about what he wanted uh he wanted to be mentored he wanted to talk to someone who's had a very successful hollywood career and talk to them about what he could do, not just as an actor, but what he could do in general with production to really give himself a, a lot more choice in his career mm-hmm. and make space for other actors like him to come up. Mm-hmm. And so his agent set him up with Robert Downey Jr. as his mentor. Oh, my God. Yeah, which sounds great. So he got this call one day and it's Robert Downey Jr. just like, hi, I'm just going to give you some cool advice yeah but one of the things that's come out of of that and and of John Boyega really thinking ahead about what he wants is that he's created a production company so I am sorry but he is personally responsible for Pacific Rim 2 happening and uh. being in it. look if you liked Pacific <laughs> Rim 1 oh, you'd it's love a good it. movie worth yeah, watching exactly you would not personally you Amy don't want that 
But yeah, he's he's got a production company. He's um kind of seized control of his career and his choices. Yeah. Um, particularly as post Star Wars, he's been more comfortable to talk about how Disney didn't really back him in that. Let him and some of the other actors really just let Twitter and other social media be places where they were really hounded and harassed and, and didn't support them. Okay. And didn't give his character didn't give his character the kind of story arc and, that and, and satisfactory deserved. story that it deserved. Yeah, I feel uh, interesting. In the first of the the new trilogy, the first movie that he was in, again, he's really charismatic. He's a really interesting character. And they just didn't they just didn't do mm-hmm. as much with him as they could have. Mm-hmm. Interesting. This isn't a Star Wars rant podcast, but it frankly it could be. <laughs> I so don't, yeah, I don't know enough company. about Star Wars for no, it to be a podcast fair. about Star Wars, guys. <laughs> it's not it's not a bad thing for either of us, to be honest. There's, there's only so much ranting about Star Wars the world needs. And I think we exceeded that level a long, long time ago. <laughs> but so, John Boyega's production company is involved with bringing us Attack the Block 2. Wow, what's the cast looking like? The only person on IMDb is John Boyega. Okay, cool. Moses Moses will be in it. Moses will be back. And, yeah, Joe Cornish is writing and directing again. Uh-huh. So it's probably a couple years away, but I am excited. I'm excited to see what happens. The Yeah, the last 10 years in the UK have been like a political nightmare. They're just – Boris Johnson is dragging them into fascism. They've – their COVID infection and death rates are horrific. And I think something that the film is likely to deal with is the Grenfell Tower fire, which was, I think, three yep. years ago now. Yep. But, yeah, when Moses says that, that the government might be behind this, it's hard not to think of Grenfell and the way that it wasn't a deliberate way of harming a lot of people. Yeah. But you haven't taken the steps but to protect happened. people either. Yeah. Same with the, fl- the Florida um, building collapse. Oh, that housing collapse. Yeah. yeah like the, to in the first kind of day, I saw news reports that, yeah, this housing collapse, um, this housing building has been sinking for the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. What? what? What do you mean it's been sinking for 20 years and nothing has been done about it? Yeah, there were engineering reports a couple of years ago saying you need to do work to stop this. Uh, Grenfell, it, it was known for some time before that, that that kind of cladding But there's still buildings really with that kind of yes. cladding around too. Yeah. Like, it's, it's shameful. Years and nothing's been done. It could happen again any day. Mm. It's appalling. It really is. We're really living in a world too where a lot of the big governments – um, have been conservative in the in mm. recent times too. Yeah, and that's just become a byword for I'm um, really tough. Tough luck if you're poor and mm-hmm. haven't had chances. Yep, when you haven't had rich parents to buy you a house mm. and you haven't had 
they do – this isn't a thing in Australia, but they do school dinners in a lot of schools in the UK. And it's been footballers who have had to stand up and say, actually, you, you need to fund this. You need to make sure that children are getting enough to eat. Yeah. It's not been politicians. Yeah. But that's a lot – you find that a lot, that there's a lot of celebrities and sports people with that are good people – that kind mm. of have to push things that should be just our normal human rights given to us from the people who are meant to be looking after us, our governments. Mm. It says something about who we need to vote out. Mm. Mm. Turning into a political podcast. And you picking this movie that we were going to have to we were going to have to talk about politics and that Grenfell would come up and. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to maintain a cheery tone when things are terrible. Yeah, the film does a really good job of being able to make these comments and move on and it's a bit difficult in talking about it to be cheerful about what's happened in the world in the in the past 10 years since it came out. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> uh, okay. Woo. Total, yeah, total <laughs> shift right into the. <laughs> Just change, change the subject. Let's change the subject. I don't even, I mean, like the only gossip, I don't have good gossip that's like, I don't have lighthearted gossip either. So No, that's good enough. For the, that was good enough gossip. Yeah, I think that's, well, it's, you know. That's a good enough side note kind of stuff. It covers it. <laughs> okay. So, Kate, I'm going to take us back to Year 12 English. You <laughs> gave me a hint earlier this week about what movie you're picking. And I think I guessed, please tell me if I was right, what are we going to be watching next? Like I said, we're going back to Year 12 English. We're going to be doing What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Yes! <laughs> I was right! I guessed it! Because what happened, guys, we were talking about Johnny Depp and I said, I made a comment of going, lucky I've already got a Johnny Depp movie picked for next week. And then I said something, and Kate's like, oh, so much good gossip with Johnny Depp. And I said, because yeah. Because terrible. And the other, I nearly said their name, but then I said the other actor. And then she went, oh, I know what it is. And I immediately <laughs> texted my friend Jess, hi Jess, if you're listening, uh, who I was in literature class in English um, through, oh God, quite a lot of high school and said, I think Amy's going to pick what's eating Gilbert Grape. I'm so pumped. If she doesn't pick it, I'm going to have to pick it. It's, 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 yeah. it's available. And then we just started getting very Well, this is excited. one that I brought up the other, a few weeks back when I was saying that I'd found movies that I had a that I'd been craving to watch for years and years and years and I literally have not mm. watched this since we're in year 12. Me either. Um, and I was I've been wanting to watch it for years and it's on binge at the moment. Thank God for binge. It has changed my life with it. Their movie lineup is just so much more diverse mm -hmm. than Netflix and Stan I find. Like it's They've just got a I'm lot of bouncing. stuff. Maybe it's just me. They've just got a lot of stuff that I've craved to watch for a long time. No, there, 
is a lot of Australian content too. Like I am bouncing between SBS On Demand and Binge almost exclusively for yeah, movies. Yeah, it's really, really... Binge, get in touch if you want to oh. sponsor it. <laughs> we'll be your If you want us people. to only cover Binge movies, we'll go there. Yeah, we're, we're, I'm, love, we'll I'm loving Binge. Um, yeah. Yeah, so this was one that I watched a few weeks. I was cooking a roast chicken and I was like, I'm going to sit down and watch this. And I tell you what, the the muscle memory in my brain for the lines in this movie just came back. I pretty much knew it line for line. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's so good. I'm so pumped. It's so good. I'm so excited to watch this again. Yeah. There's lots to unpack with it too, with what, oh, I bet. what now, like, 20 odd years later what would actually be appropriate and what wouldn't be appropriate yeah i'm excited it's one of my favorite movies it's great yeah very curious to see how well it holds up yeah it does in some spots and other spots you kind of bit like "Mm," but we'll go into that because there's stuff happening in my life now that um i yeah can not as severe but uh, that i can draw comparisons with and it's just really interesting watching it 20 years later. Wow. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to be this is Damn it, be I'm a so nice sad episode. that I dropped that hint and you just got it. We're two on the same wavelength and you got it no, straight I knew, away. I knew, I knew immediately the person that you weren't naming. Was Leonardo was DiCaprio. <laughs> was, I thought it can only be Leonardo DiCaprio or Christina Ricci and she wouldn't be. And we all know hit. my love for Leo. So, And we know your love for Leo. And I, and I knew, well, there are two Johnny Depp, Christina Ricci movies. Mm. So if it was her, naming her still wouldn't, it would narrow it down, obviously, a lot. Mm. But anyway. We are too much on the same wavelength. Immediately I knew and I was thrilled. I'm thrilled. Oh, good. Yay. Woohoo. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. You can find us online at youwatchedwhat.net. You can email us and we would love to hear from you at youwatchwhatpodcast at gmail.com. If you've got feedback, questions, movies to suggest, uh, mistakes we've made that you'd like to correct, please get in touch. We would love to hear from you. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. Come find us, guys. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.